And we are back! What is up, my dudes and dudettes and all those in between? It is the pack rats. <laughs> Coming at ya. Not so live. Never. Never live. Never even close to being live. Company? What? As of... <laughs> As of this recording, uh, our, re- our relaunch has record has led to zero actual videos being put on the channel well you know it, it, here's the thing that people need to understand is uh when you're out of college you get busy you do and the the idea i had was to um edit everything together and then start putting videos up mm-hmm. that way everything is like done that we have uh, so far, before we start record, like, really getting into the meat of this episode, I have, I think, three videos ready to go. Another one in almost done editing. Mm-hmm. So, I think, we're, we're doing pretty good. You know, it's better than nothing. It is. It is better than nothing. <laughs> but, uh, let's get to the, the topic at hand. Uh, before we begin, also, I want to say that uh, I am an emotional wreck today. Are you? Yes, because... Uh, tell, tell the people. Uh, because uh, it is the gay... This was like the gay Super Bowl weekend for me. It was. Uh, we had Pride in Pittsburgh this weekend. Yes. Which I went to for the first time. How was that? Share, share with us a little bit about that experience. You know, okay. So I had... I had a good time. I really did. That's good. Um, it was definitely very crowded. Yeah, I bet. And one of the things that I personally have a problem with is uh, corporations getting involved with Pride. Yeah. Because, How many were there? Uh, there were a ton. So the way that they did Pride this year, which was apparently different, is that they took over an entire bridge. Which bridge, do you know? Do you remember? Uh, the Andy Warhol Bridge. Okay. And so they had, like, a full street and then the entire bridge. And the entire bridge was packed with, like, tents of, like, different corporations sponsoring the event. I saw that there were booths set up. Yeah. I saw that on, like, uh, someone's... One of our friends. We're not going to name names. Right. Who, and, who's working downtown was at one of the booths. And I, I, I don't have, I don't have full problems with most corporations that sponsor events because. Yeah, the one that I saw was the CLO. Mm-hmm. Which that's a great that's a great corporation to sponsor an event like this because theater and the gays go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. But when you see like a huge honkin Walmart truck driving in the pride parade and hearing about uh, their recent stands on uh, certain topics yes that's when i'm like ooh y'all didn't do your research uh-huh. and also uh there was a lot of talk online because i don't know who so the company that does the uh the main pride in pittsburgh uh the delta foundation uh recently like about two weeks before Pride happened, posted something about selling uh, Trump t-shirts. 
LGBT. Like, in in yeah. support of Trump? Yeah. Oh. And big yikes. Oh, yeah, exactly. And it's just, it, it's just so confusing that this corporation that celebrates, you know, diversity and celebrates, you know, togetherness is mm-hmm. supporting a man that is like, against all that. Yeah, big that is something you don't so, want to see. So while I was there at the Delta Pride, I also went to the People's Pride, which is sponsored by uh, one of the companies, True Tea Entertainment. Yeah. And it was much smaller. It was in the north side of Pittsburgh, in West Park. Okay. And it was so nice. It was so nice and so relaxing and much more chill than the main Pride. Was that um, the one you posted on your Instagram story? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's it, it was in this nice park and all the um, booths there were like really cool and really sweet and really like I felt like I could actually talk to the people. That's good. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, like at regular Pride, like you have a bunch of annoying straight girls everywhere. There's so much going on as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm getting over that. And also tonight was the Tony Awards. Yes, and uh, we will not talk about the Tonys because right, I watched it. While this was um, the the gay Super Bowl for Ian. Yeah. Um, so I'm, this, I'm kind of an emotional wreck. <laughs> this weekend is E3. Ooh. As well, so. I've been up watching press conferences. Uh, I worked today. I worked, I think, a 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? What do I mean, I think? I worked 7 a.m. until 3. Mm-hmm. Got home and immediately started watching uh, the press conferences that happened today. We love that. Uh, one went from 3.30 to like 5 something, and then the next one started at 8.30, and the last one just like finished up a little bit ago. Yeah. Were they good this year? Uh, well, Sony, as you know, I'm a PlayStation boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sony's not doing E3 this year. They're doing their own event at the end of the year. Okay. So they weren't there. Um, okay. Microsoft's was pretty good because like, they had some cross-platform stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, beyond their exclusives, uh, they have a new Star Wars game coming out that looks dope as hell. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, Bethesda had their conference. I don't play many Bethesda games, but uh, some of the stuff they had looked pretty good. Cool. Uh, Devolver Digital did their stuff. They announced a pretty cool arcade, like a like a cabinet for your house. I mm. wouldn't buy it. I'm, we're poor, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, a little bit ago, the Final Fantasy VII remake finally got a release date. Ooh. Which is uh, I don't have the exact date on me, but it's in March of 2020. Can you believe we're coming on to 2020? I cannot. All these games like keep saying 2020. I'm like, what do you mean 2020? That's so long. And I'm like, no, that's next year. Wow, it's not that long. Yeah. We'll be in the 20s. Oh no no no. Okay, yeah, you're right. The Bethesda trailer. Uh, the Bethesda conference had this very cool game. Uh, mm-hmm. set in Tokyo. I forget the name of it. But uh, like the people in Japan are disappearing, and you follow spirits around. And you, some of them are good, and some of them are evil, and you have to like figure out which ones are which, and fight the ones that are evil, and like befriend the ones that are good. 
Uh-huh. Which is like a decent concept and stuff, but like the girl who came out to like present it, she was mm. fucking great, and everyone should buy the game just to support her. <laughs> like she was adorable. She was like she came out as a Japanese girl. She's like, I don't speak very good English, but I'm gonna try. And I'm like, man, you speak better English than most people I know. So you're right. doing great. <laughs> so one of our friends, one Julie Lang. Oh, I do want to say that if you don't want any spoilers, do not go, do not look on my Instagram. Uh, okay, thank you. I, won't. I, I avoided Facebook, too, because uh, some people were posting things on Facebook. Yeah. As well. Uh, my Twitter has been safe, because my Twitter is just, like, E3 wrestling. shit. But... Yeah. Uh, tonight's E3 shit, but yeah, usually just wrestling. <laughs> but uh, the one spoiler I do have from the Tonys, which I want to just say, because I, I want to toot my own horn, mm-hmm. is that when everyone was talking about Tony nominations, I was like, I, I said this, and I, I want you to vouch for me, Ian. Yeah. Because we're always together, so you know I said this. Right. I said, they're creating an award this year, literally just to give for that fucking King Kong puppet. Yeah. Like, they will get an award just because they have that fucking puppet. Mm-hmm. And I get a text from Julie around 10.39, says... You were right. The Tonys did make a special award just for the King Kong puppet. They did. Because that puppet's fucking awesome. It's amazing. It's so cool. It's like, to me, it is one of the best things about modern theater. The technology. Yeah. It's like the entire stage. Yeah. For that fucking puppet. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it it looks good, too. It takes 13 people to operate it. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That you can have 13 people in sync. 13 people in sync, and then also you have actors interacting with it. Yeah, on stage. And, yeah, and on top of it. That's amazing. Yeah. That's a show I would like to see just for the technical aspects. Mm-hmm. I agree. I would see King Kong. I, I hear it's actually pretty good. I'm surprised it wasn't nominated for more, but... But you knew it would win a tech award. Oh, it was... Pop it. If it, if it didn't win Best Scenic Design, they were going to find a way to give it an award because... Because of the pup. It has to. Uh, that yeah. puppet's just so out of this world. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> King Kong, as of this recording, who knows when we upload it, still on Broadway. Yeah. But you know what else is still on Broadway as of this recording? What? Aladdin. Aladdin is on Broadway still. And that will segue us perfectly. Look at me. Look at me go. Aladdin celebrating its fifth year on Broadway this year, actually. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Which, so Disney's developing a new musical, right? No, they're bringing back Beauty and the Beast. They're bringing back Beauty and the Beast. So what gets cut? Aladdin, Frozen, or Lion King? My guess is because Aladdin is making money, because all three of them are making money, I don't think they're going to cut anything. Do you think another theater is going to rent them out then? Yeah. They'll get another theater? Oh, definitely. So what what show gets cut? Probably King Kong. (laughs) Wow. If Disney kills King Kong for Beauty and the Beast, I'm going to start a riot. Hey, Frankie, it was Beauty that killed the Beast. Wow, I hate so much. I hated that. I set that up perfectly, but I also hated it. As soon as you started setting it up, I said, ooh, I could do it. <laughs> but um, now that my segue has been, been ruined by my own... Or it could take the theater that SpongeBob was in. 
when that theater reopens. Will it be... When do they want to put Beauty and the Beast on? Next year. Oh, okay. Will the theater be done by then? Yeah. Okay, it probably could then. Yeah, and that's actually the theater that it originated in, so it'll be oh, like... Oh, that'd be perfect then. Yeah, it'll be like an anniversary type thing. And that way they don't have to take anything away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think a lot I mean, I'm sure, anywhere. I'm sure shows will be closing, but... Oh, yeah, especially after tonight. The ones that didn't win, who? Big yikes. But I don't want to know anything. Yeah, no, I won't tell you anything. I have it recorded. It's sitting on my DVR. I will watch it uh, as the days go by. Yes. So prepare to get some texts from me. I can't wait. With my reactions. But uh, let's get to the meat of this episode. (laughs) I love meat. Uh, Last week, Ian and I saw... The live-action version of Aladdin. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Um, what are your general thoughts first, Ian, before we get into, like, details? What did you think, like, coming out of the movie? Uh, do, you want, do we want to talk about what we thought going into it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, what did you think going in, then? So, going in... I really wasn't sure how how to think of it. I was a little nervous. Yeah. You know, Beauty and the Beast was not perfect. No. God That's no. okay. But because Beauty and the Beast wasn't up to standards, and it was like the first of the uh, Disney renaissance to be remade, I was a little scared for Aladdin. Yeah. And also because no Robin Williams, like... Mm-hmm. Aladdin, say like Robin Williams made that movie. He he does. Like that 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 is really. You think of Aladdin, you think of Robin Williams. That that's true. And maybe a whole new world, but mostly Robin Williams. Yeah, I don't think of a whole new world. A whole new world is not even in like my favorite songs in mm-hmm. that movie. Yeah, but like an Aladdin without Robin Williams, I just couldn't fathom it. So I was mm-hmm. pretty terrified for what we were going to see. And okay. I was very scared for it because mm-hmm. of the fan reaction to Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I would say, and honestly, out of uh, our entire friend group, I was the most positive about this movie. Yeah, you were. <laughs> like, everyone was freaking out after that first trailer that came out with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. And I usually don't watch trailers, but like, no, you don't. It's Aladdin, so I know the story. I'm not worried about like a spoiler. And like, there's a couple changes, but they don't change the storyline, right? They so, can't. They really can't. They can't. So I don't care about these like live action Disney trailers. I'll watch them. Mm-hmm. And so I watch the trailer, and everyone's like freaking out about Will Smith. I'm like, he's he doesn't look that bad. And everyone's like, hey, he looks terrible. I'm like. I mean, he looks weird because it's Will Smith painted blue and giant, <laughs> but, like, he doesn't look awful. No. And then, um... I, to be honest, I was very scared about your reaction because you are the biggest Aladdin fan. Yes, Aladdin's my favorite Disney movie. And so, so I, I was just nervous for your reaction, in my, all honesty. My only thing was I wanted it to be, like... Like, my problem with it going in was that it seemed like they were trying to make the exact same movie, but just mm. but just live action. And I was right. like, it's not going to work. There needs to be some creative differences, and like you need to take some creative licenses. 
Mm-hmm. And I didn't think, based on the trailers, that he was ta- that uh, Guy Ritchie, the director, yeah. was, um, was taking enough creative licenses. I thought he was doing too little to change it up. Yeah. Like, 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 um, I saw this on uh, Funhouse's movie podcast where he, they were saying that, like, he went in there and they were like, you can make one big change. And the big change he got to make was, like, getting Will Smith mm-hmm. to be the genie. And then they're like, okay, you can't change anything else. Because the carpet has, like, the exact same design. Yeah. And most of the costuming is, like, very similar to what it was in the in the original movie. Although, there, not to go, not to go into it yet, but there were some changes that I'm surprised got, like, snuck through. There were some changes that, that got snuck through. I think he, he did have more creative licenses. The trailers, I think, were, sh- were, were deliberately showing mm-hmm. um, familiar things to attract people. Of course, it's kind of the same thing as the Beauty and the Beast trailer, where they literally redid the original uh, animated one in yes. live action. And so, um, I really think that. Um. Sorry, I I was going in with like not high expectations, but I was expecting mm. it to be a decent film. Yeah. Um, I think I came out uh, enjoying the film. It, it exceeded my expectations. I agreed. Uh, also, considering that like Guy Ritchie hasn't directed anything that I like really enjoy. Mm-hmm. He did the two live. Or live action, but he did the two Sherlock Holmes movies before this with uh, oh, with with uh Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I did not know that. Those were the he did that. I, I only um, know who Guy Ritchie is because he was Madonna's husband. <laughs> to be uh, quite honest, <laughs> he did uh the Man from Uncle, which was like based on an old TV show. Mm-hmm. And he did like right before Latin, he did King Arthur: Legend of the Sword, which was. Not great. Released? Yeah, that was in 2017. It was really bad. I don't think I ever saw a trailer for it. It was a very bad movie. Um, Just looking at it, (laughs) it was supposed to start a six-film franchise. Oh, and it bombed. It it had a $175 million budget. (laughs) <laughs> and only made 148 million worldwide. My that ooh, and it lost Warner Brothers over 150 million dollars. Oh, that hurts. And the critics warned audiences to stay away. Mm-hmm. So so going into it, like people were always like, "Oh, Will Smith is gonna be." the worst part of this. Mm-hmm. But like I was going and going, I don't know if Guy Ritchie can direct this movie mm-hmm. because I, I pay attention a lot to directors. Yeah. But um, the film exceeded my expectations. Agreed. Despite or in spite of 
some of Guy Ritchie's choices. <laughs> Which when we we go deeper in our review, um, I'll yeah. talk about. Yeah, no, it definitely um, exceeded my expectations, for sure. Like, like I said, I went in very scared, and I came out very happy mm-hmm. with the result. Yeah. So, do you want to start the review then? Yeah. Getting a little deeper into it. Um. Yeah. Just, I'm gonna go through like the in order, like you know the plot, but I'm gonna look at the plot on um. Mm-hmm. On Wikipedia, just to see if I can, like, see things. Uh, The first thing that, like, just stands out to me (laughs) as, like, an issue Mm -hmm. is that, um, not the first song, because the first song is a redub of Arabian Nights. Of Arabian Nights, or rewritten Arabian Nights. Um... I didn't have a problem with that. You did. Yeah. I only had a problem with it with that one line. Do you because... remember the line? No. Okay. Uh, no, it's the the it's barbaric, but hey, it's home. They didn't have that. Okay. They didn't know. They cut that out. Which that? Which is an edit of? Well, did they cut out? It's barbaric, but hey, it's home. No, they cut that. They cut that out of the newer one. Okay. The older one is, uh, they, yeah, the older one still had that line, but they cut, but they, uh, had, they cut like, the a line, line before it. Yeah. Uh, what was and like, then they, and they then cut the, off your hand if they don't like your face? Yeah. It's barbaric, but hey, it's home. I forget what they replaced that first line with, but, yeah, they do still have the barbaric line. Yeah. I didn't, I, I just personally didn't like that because that was a way to get into the character that the genie should oh. be playing. Yeah. And, and like the characters of of the the shop owners, mm-hmm. where they like the shop owners are pretty aggressive. Yeah, towards any kind of theft. Oh yeah, but um, my first like like I I liked the setup where um, I mean this is gonna be a spoiler filled review because mm-hmm. by the time this comes out, you should have seen it. If yeah. you were going to. If you are going to see it and you cared about spoilers, you would have seen it by the time this video gets put also, up. Also, the movie has been out for, like, at, at this point when we're recording, two weeks. It released May 24th, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like... And by the time this goes up, it'll be out at least a month. It'll be out in December of 2020. Yeah, so... <laughs> uh, more than a year. You've had more than a year and a half. Um... <laughs> So, Genie starts out, on, they start on a boat, mm-hmm. and it's Genie telling a story to his kids, mm-hmm. and and you know it's Genie because, well, well you don't know, because yeah. uh, I was confused at this point in the theater, and you pointed out to me a, a thing that I had forgotten, is that Robin Williams plays the shopkeeper, yeah, or the salesman at the beginning of the, mm-hmm. of the original film. And so I thought it was just a different character entirely. That's also what I thought. And it's not, which you find out later. But I think that's good. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Because of the way they wrap up the genie storyline, I don't have a problem with that. Correct. Um, But uh, I think everything was going good. It looked good. Um, 
I know there was like a controversy with some of the extras, like some of them were white and they just darkened their skin. Mm-hmm. But you, you, I mean, this sounds bad. I couldn't tell who. I was actually like trying to find it. <laughs> they don't, they don't focus. On, I am that, but they don't focus on any of the extras. You were, like you were any, looking for the white hand. <laughs> I was, but they don't focus on any of the extras for an extended period of time. Yeah, I. I you know, honestly, it could have been one of those things where, like, they took, like, four extras and then just re-like, did them and put them in different colored costumes. Yeah. Um, but what happened, uh, it's basically the same build-up where, um, Jafar can't get into the Cave of Wonders and they need the diamond in the rough. Oh, here's my first gripe. Yeah. I hated the Cave of Wonders. <laughs> I loved the Cave of Wonders. I hate it. I, I thought it looked super cool. <sighs> and it sounded badass. See, okay. The thing about the like the original movie was what made the Cave of Wonders wonder and mysterious is the fact that it was a cave underground. Yeah. And that it popped. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't pop up. It's an actual literal fucking cave with a tiger's yeah. head at the front. That's true, but it is magic. It's a magic cave. Yeah, but it's not. It still talks to you. It lost some of the magic. I guess I didn't really have a problem with it. I was more distracted by something that you also didn't have a problem with that I had a huge problem with (laughs) almost the entirety of the film. And no disrespect at all to this man. And I I don't want to. I want to find his name. Uh, Marwan Kanzari. Who I'm sure is a nice guy. Nice guy. Sure, he's a wonderful actor. He has a banging ass body. Sure, he's a fantastic actor. I haven't seen him in anything else. Uh, he's in the new Murder on the Orient Express, though, so I did want to check that movie out. I haven't watched it yet, mm-hmm. but I'm sure he's fantastic in that. Good lord. His voice is not intimidating. Nothing about him is intimidating the entire time Mm -hmm. until he becomes a sorcerer. And at that point, I'm not intimidated by the fact that, like, I'm not intimidated by him. I'm intimidated by the fact that he's, like, a fucking sorcerer. Uh Uh-huh. He's just, like, he doesn't have the, the gravitas to play a villain Mm -hmm. like Jafar. Especially after Jonathan Freeman, yeah, did such a wonderful job. Yeah, in the animated film, is iconic as Jafar. Mm -hmm. And I I will agree with you that he's not as good as Jonathan Freeman. But I think because I was I'm able to separate them now. I, I I think. Like it? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? <laughs> I I do. I just also think that it's there is an extra creepiness about him about this Jafar than the last, where the last was menacing. This was more creepy. I I I can see that, but there's also just something in. And, and maybe it wouldn't have played well in live action. I don't know. <laughs> but there's something about 
Jonathan, the way Jonathan Freeman, where they portray Jafar to be a snake because of the mm-hmm. way he operates, and there's a snake quality to Jonathan Freeman's voice yeah. that I'm that I'm missing from this movie. Yeah, he's too soft spoken to to intimidate anyone. I I feel like that's a very becoming a very common thing in Disney movies with their villains where they're more soft spoken or you don't expect them to be villains. Yeah, um or they're not as intimidating. Zootopia is a great example of that. Oh my god, Zootopia is a perfect example of that, but like that's such a good twist. Mhm. Like that it doesn't I don't feel that it works in this movie because you know Jafar is the villain. Yeah. From the way he behaves, you can tell he's the villain right away. Mm. Even if you didn't know the old, like the old story, if you're a kid now, just from the way he behaves where he basically kills someone right away by throwing him into the cave of wonders and failing. Mm -hmm. And like then kills another person by throwing him into a pit. Yeah. Like, he kills two people <laughs> in his first two scenes. Which, yeah. Which is brutal. And you're like, okay. And then you hear him talk. It's like, God. Uh, you know Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. The wrestler. Huge. Huge, huge guy. Yeah. He could probably lift my house. He probably has lifted your house. Yeah. Didn't know it. Yeah. But when you hear him talk, it sounds like he's going through puberty. Mm-hmm. And even though he is a very intimidating guy just looking at him, he loses about 50% of that when he speaks. <laughs> and Jafar, he kills two people, and you're like, fuck. But then he speaks, and you're like, I could take him. <laughs> It, it, I, I just don't like his voice, and that's my first real gripe. I forgot yeah. that he's introduced before my actual, what I thought was my first gripe. Mm-hmm. But no, no, no. So, then we get to what I thought was my first gripe. Uh-huh. Which is... One Jump. <laughs> the song, One Jump. Mm-hmm. Ahead. Um, <laughs> what is, uh, Mina Masood, who plays Aladdin, Yeah, does a great job as Aladdin. I think he got, like, the perfect blend of, like, charming and cocky and flippant I don't... and, like, boyish charm. I'll let you finish. I thought he did great as Aladdin. But what is it with Disney and their casting directors on these movies, these live-action movies, and going, yeah, let's get someone who absolutely can't sing and make them sing? I don't think he was that bad. He's not as bad as Emma Watson. Oh, no, he's 20 times better than Emma but Watson. But he's, he's clearly not a singer. Yeah. And if they're insisting on having singing, have someone dub over it. 
Like, yeah, come on, you can do that easily. Or cast somebody that can sing. Or cast someone that can sing. Or don't have him sing. Yeah. Like, he did not... You he there? did not sound good. Yeah, I'm there. I couldn't okay. think of the words. He did not sound good. <laughs> I don't think I had that much of a problem with his voice, I think, compared to Emma Watson. Like, I I, I don't think he was bad. My problem with him was in his acting. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, especially from the original movie, I don't see think of Aladdin as cocky until that midpoint when he and the genie have a fight. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, his diamond in the rough status doesn't have any cockiness about him. Like, he's only doing what he's, he needs to do in order to survive. But he's a good guy. Yeah. He's a sweet boy. He is. And to me, that cockiness, especially at the beginning of the movie, turned me off of him. I always thought Aladdin was cocky, though. See, like, I, I never saw that. The entire One Jump song, to mm-hmm. me, is Aladdin going, I'm so much better than all of you guards. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the way they pulled off the One Jump song. Like, the, the, the trick where he jumps... Like the trick that he pulls, where he throws the carpet through the the roof. Oh yeah, that is really cool. Of a hut, I thought that was good. But you didn't That's... like the cockiness. Yeah, I. I don't know. There was just something not warm about this Aladdin. Okay. Like it, 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 it turned me off of him. Like I didn't truly believe that underneath he was a good guy. Because of that cockiness. Okay. Um. <laughs> no, that's that's fine. <laughs> I liked him. Yeah. Like I, I really did. I think I think the three main cast members all did a phenomenal job. And I mean, by that, you know I'm, my favorite. <laughs> by that, I'm talking about Will Smith, Mina Masood, and Naomi Scott. I yeah. See, to me, Will Smith and Naomi Scott were the two standouts. Uh, I could see Naomi... I think Naomi Scott did better than Mina Masood. Oh. Mina Masood, but yeah. I, think, I think Mina did well. Mm-hmm. Um, we can move on to talking about Naomi Scott's performance, then, if you want. Bless. <laughs> I love that woman. Yeah, she did very good. She... She's made... a good singer, first of all. Can we point that out? She fantastic. Oh my god, lemonade mouth. Hello. Yes. Because <laughs> it's my problem with Mina. My my one problem with Mina is that he can't sing, and they're like forcing him into it. Mm-hmm. Naomi Scott can sing. They don't have phenomenal her anything. She, she does phenomenal with the songs that she has. She opens her mouth and give her a Grammy, <laughs> including the original song that they give her. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what is it called? Speechless. Speechless, yes. The original yeah. song they give her. Very good. Very good song. Very good. Come on, Pasek and Paul writing good music. And she holds up her end of Whole New World very well. Oh my god, yes. 
considering think, that uh, Mina Mina is not doing well on that. But I think what also really stood out about Naomi Scott was her, her performance in the acting. Yes. Because finally Jasmine became a character. Yes, Jasmine has a character in this film. And not saying that Jasmine didn't have a character in the animated film. It, I, it was just... She did, but... She also is, like... I think she benefits a lot more from more screen time. In yeah, this she has more screen time. The original. And she also is barely, like... An...
Yago spots like Aladdin. Yago acts like like just like a watcher the entire mm-hmm. time. He spots yeah. Aladdin all the time. He's like tailing him. Mm-hmm. Although it's not that hard because Aladdin's just like doing cool flips and shit everywhere he goes. So also Aladdin does all of his magic and wishes out in the open. Oh, he does. Um, Which is like what the fuck? <laughs> I really enjoy though that he just like maneuvers the the city and the palace when he's broken into the palace and is trying to be sneaky. Mm-hmm. He's just doing a bunch of flips and shit, and I'm like, just walk. No, parkour, man. No one will notice you if you're just No, walking. no, no. Of course no. you're noticed if you're doing no, some weird flips. Frankie, it's 2019. The kids want parkour. Yeah, but if you're sneaking into a heavily guarded palace, and you're like, <laughs> you know how no one's going to see me? If I do this really cool backflip. <laughs> like, everyone's going to notice that if they see it. Yeah. Oh my god, I thought of something and it just slipped my mind. 